Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. This is your friend Jordan Runtog from Too Much Information. Heigl and I were recently guests on our fellow iHeartRadio podcast, Food Court with Richard Blaze. We debated our favorite kind of chocolate. I took milk chocolate, and Heigl took dark chocolate because he's a masochist. Well, uh, got kind of heated, not going to lie, which is why he's not recording this message with me right now. Anyway, give it a listen. I think you'll really enjoy it. We're warmed up. Uh, guys, you're ready to go. Jordan, before we do get going, Alex has tried to bribe me once, at least, and also said, <laughs> and this is a quote, I will murder- I'm slipping. You're slipping. <laughs> I, will murder, I will murder him in this debate, I'm is ready, what buddy. was said before you jumped in. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. This is going to be a friendship ruiner. Yeah. Food court, food court, food court with Richard Blaze. Argue in the food court, food court with Richard Blaze. Welcome to The Food Court, a production of iHeartRadio, and this is Food Court with Richard Blaze. That is me, and I've been a chef. Crystal, you wrote that into the script that I've been a chef. Are you saying because I'm now on TV that I'm not a chef anymore? You're like every 33rd commenter in all of my social media right now. But I am a chef and a judge, and I'm all over TV, and I'm here now judging your opinions. And joining us in the food court today, we have two self-proclaimed, although I'm going to say it here, I'm proclaiming it, pop culture nerds who host a great <laughs> podcast right here on the iHeart Network. It is Jordan Runtog <laughs> and Alexander Heigl. <laughs> there we, go. we should be coming in in like robes right now, like wrestler themes in the background. <laughs> yeah, there we're going we're gonna to dub it in. We're going to dub in the sound effects. And listen, both of these guys are hosting the Too Much Information podcast, which is... We haven't done one on food on a food topic yet, but uh, it's in the hopper. We have several ideas brainstormed on that. But yeah, movies, music, TV, pop culture, video games, uh, maybe sports. We're not big sports guys, but we might get around to it at some point. 
Okay, I love it. And now your rapport, which obviously we've already uh, witnessed here for the last couple of minutes, is so great because you've been friends for how long? Oh, God, Jordan, seven years? When did you get to people? Six? Six, yeah, yeah, five, six years. Yeah, I remember it was on my first day. I was sort of escorted over. It was at People Magazine, and it was my first day, and I don't know if it was putting up posters of, like, The Who and Led (laughs) Zeppelin or, like, mentioning that all I ever wanted to do was talk to, like, old rock people over the age of, like, 70 or something. But my boss was, like, 20 minutes after arriving, so you got to meet... This guy, Alex, I think you'd be friends. And I I have this very, in my memory, it was like Bell entering the West Wing. I remember being led over to his side of the office, which was like dark with like small fires everywhere and old ripped torn pictures of like Bragellino and stuff. And met Heigl. And in my my memory, he turned around at his desk and had a boa constrictor around him. And love at first sight. We both bonded over music. And yeah, became one of my, my dearest friends there. And then we started making music together in our free time and been friends ever since. Oh my gosh, killing it on all creative fronts. And then here's a question as a you know, fellow podcaster and also a podcast here at Food Court coming off a, a couple month hiatus, to be kind. How in the world do you do three episodes a week? Uh, well, how do you guys do that? That's a con- <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, how long that's a that conversation goes. we're also having. Well, the original idea was to do like one uh, one movie, one TV show, and one song related thing or music related thing a week, and then have it be kind of like because we love that. I mean, I think of it as like an audio listicle and that's where Alex and I both got you know kind of our start writing was we love doing those anniversary deep dive pieces where you know it's just there's so much spite and bile on the internet and to do these celebratory pieces of these things everybody loves like you know that thing you do my big fat Greek wedding Top Gun Jerry Maguire like the full house just things that like everybody has a soft spot for and celebrate them learn more about them I just think I just thought that was such a cool part of the job like a lot of people kind of look down their noses at these listicle things but they were so much fun for for us to write we love researching and we love to just you know share that stuff with each other so then we figured maybe other people would like to listen in too and everyone disagrees every once in a while <laughs> that's true jordan and i are actually pretty pretty dispositionally opposed people despite our like very similar taste in pop culture jordan's the good cop i'm the bad cop oh I, you know i mean honestly just with your vocals i mean you're re- i mean your your vocals sort of bring that to light right off the bat i'm like oh bad the bad cops here like when we first met in the first five seconds I knew it. <laughs> we'll see if that carries through into the into the uh, debate today. Now, listen, you brought an interesting case into our serious courts. Do you two have a sweet tooth? Hmm. Jordan, go Do you ahead. have a sweet tooth? I, I have a, a really, really bad sweet tooth. It's like I, I have the dietary habits of an elf, basically. <laughs> I mean, it's like... Really, yeah, and so, and that is why I tend to st- side with with milk chocolate over dark chocolate because that's the only thing that can satisfy my sweet craving. I mean, that's that's really what it's all about for me. Well, we were talking okay. a little bit about this earlier, but I was a chef at the Hershey Country Club in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So I I grew oh, up right. uh, about forty minutes away from Hershey and spent many hours toiling away in the back room of the Country Club with the in the chocolate of chocolate. Mines wafting through my senses so i come by it honestly Uh, listen i don't know if this is good news for you alex at this point but i have like a childhood memory of going to the hershey amusement park Mm -hmm. and like eating so much chocolate that i then proceeded to get sick yep you know and ruin my day (laughs) yeah that's what you do thank you for unlocking that very nice memory oh that's what everyone does don't worry you're not alone you go there and you you gorge on chocolate and then one roller coaster puts you out of it like were you just kind of over 
Hershey's chocolate by the end of that stint? Um, yes and no. I think I think Hershey's is really interesting because they sort of democratized chocolate. They their whole the whole Milton Hershey thing was like buying lower quality beans and roasting them at a higher temperature, which is like arguably worse for the taste of the chocolate, but it also made it affordable for the first time in history. And like chocolate mm-hmm. went into GI rations, so it's like he is arguably like more societally important as a chocolatier than as a taste chocolate guy but no it's mm. not my favorite chocolate <laughs> no but i love listen i love it I-, I just had a road trip recently i was like it was i think is when i realized that i'm old like i walked into a little convenience shop and i was like i'm gonna get a big hershey bar yep yeah <laughs> i was like i'm there and San- I'm there you know, right now, now i'm in berkeley so like san francisco like giardelli is the is the move that's true. Yeah. That's true. But probably not even. There's got to be some. There's someone in Berkeley in a basement right now pounding out their own <laughs> chocolate. You know that that's it. Un- underneath their garden, it's- underneath their sustainable garden, <laughs> there's like a hatch, and you got to get. It's like an underworld layer of like a chocolatier. Like there's a there's some Berkeley Willy Wonka thing S- happening. I'm sure. I hope solar powered. <laughs> it's Billy Joe from Actually, Green Day. I, I can tell because I can see you. Like I hope, but you know, and you just don't want to reveal it. <laughs> Jordan, what have, what have you been up to lately? What? Mostly just cranking out these shows. Yeah, we've been working on, we got three week for these That's and right. uh, do also week. host an interview show called Inside the Studio. We talked talked to, I, I love music. I mean, that's, again, was the point of connection with Alex and I, and I'm kind of a, a a musician who was never able to actually write anything. And so I think I got into journalism because I thought maybe if I got to talk to people who could, they would somehow teach me the secret of writing music. And it, it never really happens, but I love it anyway. I've been talking to some some great folks, talked to the Black Keys yesterday mm. and uh, talking to, wow. um, who we got next week? Def Leppard, Motley Crue next week, and Journey. Yeah, but again, I, I live. It's basically permanently like 1975 for me in my mind. So, uh, so getting to talk to these guys is really fun. <laughs> Still no closer to knowing how to write music, but hoping to share their story. I love it. Listen, since you're both music guys, and I'm, I'm, I'm not. Well, my wife took my 14 year old to her first concert. Wow, what was so it? So here, I'm going to ask you to debate this first concert for a 14 year old in this modern era. Olivia it was Ro- Olivia oh. Rodrigo. I, yeah, is that a worthy that first concert? Big time. Oh, she's I think, I think she's, she's like awesome. queen of the yeah. world right now. Oh, I think it's a great first one. She will have a, a much more a cooler story than like my first concert was Olivia Rodrigo. I mean, than mine, which was Cypress Hill. Oh, that oh rules. that's, mine that's was Peter really Paul. good. Okay. <laughs> that's really good. Dude, mine was, mine was Peter, Paul, and Mary. That's what my parents oh. my parents took me to. So I have I have How did I not know this? Well, because I lied to everyone and say that it was The Who when I was like 14, but my actual first like big concert was Peter Paul and Mary. So I have no claim to being like cool. <laughs> that's pretty I mean, I think that's pretty cool. Jordan then uh, what's what was the first concert for you? Until about 20 seconds ago, I was going to say The Who when I was 14, but now that Heigl has shamed me, it actually was a free Oldies 103.3 concert at the Boston Hatch Shell for America of a Horse With No Name fan. Oh, I hate that song. So I might might lose. Oh, no. If you hadn't hadn't admitted to that, I would have said The Who. Uh. I love it. Now we're going to get into the battle, but real yes. quick. So, Alex, are you as opinionated as Jordan? More so. Oh, okay. more so. Yeah. All right. All right. And okay. Quick right. on I the love quick it. with the quick on the trigger too. You need snap judgments. I'm your guy. I won't think mm. about it. I'll regret it after jo- the fact. And Jordan, what's your thing with British candy? You have a deep interest in British candy. 
Oh, yeah. I, I wanted just to do British candy versus American candy, but then that would have turned into like a Beautiful Mind style like meltdown for me of just making a huge list of all the pros and cons. Oh, the, the, the British have, they have the best sweets across the board. They have the best chocolate, I think, quality. I love the, because I think the English Cadbury's is like a totally different brand than the stuff we get over here from the mm. Cadbury marquee. But their, their chocolate bars are so much better. They're cookies are so much better they're baked goods like just they they do sweet so much better there i feel like and even stuff like sticky toffee pudding have you ever had that that's like it's pure it's it's pure melted sugar goodness on a little cloud of sponge cake it's the best thing in the world how how can you not love that tart yeah it's just invert sugar and ground bread that is so british and then you go up north of Scotland, you get it deep fried too. So yeah, I just think they do it so much better. All there. right, all right. So deep opinions and a perfect segue into our debate. Jordan, tell us about the case that you've brought to the food court today in a sentence or so. I am here to defend the honor of milk chocolate, which I feel has become, even despite its ubiquity, kind of the the underdog in recent years, given the rise of you know premium chocolate brands. So I'm here to defend that. All right. And Alex, that means you have a different opinion, I'm assuming? Yes. I am taking the vantage point of dark chocolate, arguing for its complexity and depth and <laughs> and much more interesting capabilities. Mm. Alex joining us from Berkeley via Brooklyn, taking the road of dark chocolate. <laughs> I am a coastal elite. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Now, listen, before we get into the official arguments, we like to have a quick trivia round. Gentlemen, are you ready for our trivia round? Please. Okay. If you win the trivia round, the prize that you get is that you get to make the ultimate decision on when you present your argument. Do you go first or do you go second? Now, since you're both remoting in from other cities, we have to be creative with our buzzer sounds. You don't get to use, even though I'm in studio for the first time in a while, you don't get to use the spoing sound effect. You have to come up with your own noise, and you're both music guys, so this should be kind of interesting, although we're putting you on the spot. Uh, Jordan, go ahead. Go get whatever you got to get, Jordan. Gordon, he's going, I don't know. This is going to be interesting. So, Alex, you'll go first. What sound will you be using to buzz in today? Oh, gosh. How about a ding? Like a bing? Oh, my God. Jordan, come on, dude. Okay. (laughs) Alex, you're going to go with bing, bing. The verbal bing, which is, uh, it's a smart call, Alex, to be honest. And Jordan, you've grabbed a... I've grabbed a harp. A harp. <laughs> I love that you just have a harp, though. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Who doesn't have a harp? <laughs> I mean, and it was only like seven seconds away from you. I mean, my apartment <laughs> is kind of the visual representation of our show. I have a piece of John Lennon's carpet framed above my desk. I have one of Ernest Hemingway's mm. fishing lures around here. I've got a piece of the Berlin Wall. Yeah, it's kind of the, the detritus of my apartment matches the kind of random tangents we go on on oh, too much information. I really love that. Does the harp have any historical value? No, it was a gift for my girlfriend. Oh, I love it. I love it. And potentially not a bad weapon in self-defense if, <laughs> if absolutely needed. Like I'm a golfer, so like the golf club, like if, if it's if it's going down late at night, something happens in my house, it's gonna be a nine iron. There you go. That is the self defense. I don't are you going for the harp or are you going you're not going for the or the piece of the Berlin Wall? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna go for the harp. It's also good for cutting uh, hard boiled eggs to kinda like smush them through the strings. Oh, the so the, like... the chitara. Yeah. The yeah. chitara. Oh now we're deep. We're deep into pasta making. <laughs> Who knew we were going there? Alex, I'm not gonna ask you what you're gonna use for self defense. My hands. Um, because uh, you're <laughs> studying some sort of martial art, I can tell. You, some you are, he does, aren't you? A Actually, black belt? yeah, I'm a I'm a black belt and an eagle scout and an eagle scout. Yeah. Not oh a lot gosh. to do in Pennsylvania. You got to have weird hobbies. <laughs> I know. You listen. Some of my best friends are from Pennsylvania, and this I'm is so true. sorry. <laughs> Ready to get into our trivia? 
Here we go. We have our sounds. Bing! Versus the harp. All right. Question one. Oh, Henry isn't the only defunct candy bar with an exclamation point. The blank bar was named after the star slugger who played for the New York Yankees in the late 70s. What defunct candy bar has an exclamation point? Gentlemen, do you need a hint? You can buzz in whenever you want, by the way. This is oh, a speed thing. Please, for that's, the love of God, That's give such me a, a good hint. question, but I have no yeah. idea. Got it. Okay. The, the, the person that this bar was named after was also known as Mr. October. Mr. October. Both New Yorkers. Alex, you lived in Brooklyn. Oh, uh, it was a New York Yankee, a famous New York Yankee in the 70s. Oh, bing. Okay, Alex? Uh, is it Reggie Jackson? Is it the form of question, who was Reggie Jackson? <laughs> you can do it is however you want, Alex. At this point, we're just, just hoping to get one answer out of either of you. <laughs> And who is Reggie Jackson? Reggie Jackson is correct. Wow, nice. Oh God, pulling it out of nowhere. By the way, I love yeah, no one you can't see Jordan, but he's ready to strum that harp. <laughs> like he's in position. The bar named after Reggie Jackson was handed out to people entering Yankee Stadium but disappeared in the 80s. So okay, here we go. Question 2 with Alex up 1-0. In England, you can find deep-fried Mars bars at chip shops all over the place. But what candy bar is the most popular one to deep fry at state fairs across America? I have no hints. Bing. That was, I heard us, I saw the strum, but I didn't hear it. But Jordan, that was Alex. The, uh, oh, we're, getting, oh, we're getting word from the booth that it was Alex who came in first. <laughs> I don't know. It's a Wi-Fi uh, thing, I think, Jordan. Go ahead, Alex. Is it Snickers? Ooh. Ah. Oh. The answer is Snickers. Oh, Alex <laughs> fell for my old stick being a judge on food competition shows. The old change of direction. It is Snicker bars, deep fried at fairs across the United States. Producer Crystal, proudly from the state of Kansas. Uh, you, I'm assuming you've had a deep fried Snickers bar at a state fair. Nope. No, okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I can handle it. I think uh, it's too much. There it is. Okay, now listen, uh, that means, Alex, you are up two to zero with one question remaining. Good thing is, on food court, question three is worth two and a half points. Oh, uh-oh. So question three can take it home right here. In the movie The Goonies, hmm. Chunk and his new friend Sloth bond over their love of what candy bar? Jordan with the... Jordan proudly with the harp coming in with Baby Ruth, which is correct. What a mm. scene. Baby Ruth well, bonding well over their love of the baby. What a classic. Ruth. Absolutely. We're going to do Goonies. Classic. I do the food and beverage for the San Diego Symphony, which just opened up an amazing theater called The Shell, which is sort of like the Hollywood Bowl, but newer. And last year I got to see the Goonies. Then with the symphony playing the soundtrack for the Goonies. And it was oh. incredible, oh, actually. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Oh. Jordan, <laughs> you have two and a half points. That means you get to decide who presents their case first. Do you want to bat first or do you want Alex to bat first? I want, I want Alex to go. I want to see what we're working with here. He Ooh. talks a big game, but I want to see this. Okay, Alex I'm in, your, be... I'm in your head. I'm in your head. <laughs> I own you. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers 
or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And we are back today in the food courts, and we have friends, podcasters, hosts, gentlemen extraordinaire, Jordan and Alexander, here to argue milk versus dark chocolate. The way this works is that each of you will have three minutes to state your case. During this three minutes, you need to lay out your case and not focus on your opponent or their case. Use the three minutes as your campaigning time to really convince me that you're correct. Does this make sense? Yes. Absolutely. All right. Now, now, don't fret. You'll get two minutes of rebuttal time to uh, let your opponent know why their position is absolutely wrong after. So don't worry. Okay, here we go. Uh, the first argument is going to be Alex for dark chocolate. Your three minutes starts now. Okay. So the health benefits of dark chocolate are I'm not even going to bother repeating those because you can just Google them in 30 seconds and you'll find 17 different listicles that are like oh, you know dark chocolate is fiber minimal uh, minerals you know so on and so forth my argument in favor of dark chocolate boils down to the following question that I will put to you Mr. Runtaw would you rather be popular or would you rather be interesting because everyone knows I'm not here to just try and sway public opinion and milk chocolate is is the favorite across the country, but, but, it is showy. It is a, a peacock. It is, uh, it is, it is playing to the cheap seats. D- 
dark chocolate is the underdog. It, it takes the path less trodden, and that has made all the difference. Here's my, and, and now we're going to get into the food nerd stuff. You don't, you can put milk chocolate with other forms of sugar and cream, right? That's what you get. But you take dark chocolate, you can put dark chocolate with anything. Dark chocolate is going to bring out the flavor profile of whatever you put it with. It's going to make much more interesting combinations in whether you're talking savory, whether you're talking sweets, whether you're talking other things, which there surely are in the world uh, as far as tastes. And, you know, look, everyone wants to be the guy who sinks the half-court shot. Everyone wants to be the guy who has the dunk from the foul line. Nobody wants to win the Sixth Man Award. But, you know, the Sixth Man Award is a very important award. Dark chocolate is coming up and batting relief. Dark chocolate is coming up and making the, the, the outfield catch, you know? Milk chocolate is Jack Nicholson, literally chewing the scenery, breaking through the wall with an axe. Dark chocolate is Daniel Day-Lewis disappearing into a role. You never walk out of a film saying, God, I wonder if that was Jack Nicholson. He really disappeared into that role. You never walk out of a tasting experience going, God, I wonder if there is this incredible, oversweet, over-creamy taste profile. But you can walk out of something going, God, I had no idea that was Daniel Day-Lewis. And you can walk out of a tasting experience saying, wow, they put dark chocolate in that? That's incredible. Uh, and you know what? Here's the, If you needed one more, I don't even know where I'm at with time. I'll just keep going. I'm running on autopilot at this point. Dark chocolate can actually make you smarter. It can improve blood flow to your brain. It can also reduce insulin resistance or improve insulin, insulin sensitivity. It can help manage your cholesterol. It can lower the risk of your heart disease. It can possibly reduce high blood pressure. It might even improve your gut health. It can stimulate the flow of uh, gut bacteria. That's my time. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Alex coming out strong. That was incredible. Swinging. Lots of great points. I mean, the health benefits, you know, that, that's one that we, we knew was going to come up for sure. <laughs> but who knew? Who knew that dark chocolate was the sidearm middle left-handed reliever on the baseball <laughs> diamond or the sixth man? I resonate with this. I am the, I'm the sixth man. Producer Crystal Tuck, I'm the sixth man. <laughs> I love that. No guts, no glory. Eh, Jack Nicholson's pretty popular. That's the only thing there. It's like, ah, oh, milk chocolate's popular. And, you know, is he... Is it more the John C. Riley of the, of the world? I, <laughs> Damn it. I should have gone with that. Oh, that's that good. was, a, okay, that was better. Right, but like, but we're, we're feeling things there. And like lowering cholesterol and makes you smarter? Lots of really, I want to fact really, check really on that. I think you're just. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Listen, Jordan, you will have your time right now. You got three minutes to go. We'll do some fact checking on whether or not chocolate makes you smarter during your three minutes. Jordan, your three minutes to let us know why milk chocolate is amazing starts now. Well, to me, it's very hard not to make my pro-milk chocolate case a continuation of my anti-dark chocolate case. But today I stand before you to argue the merits, the benefits, the life-giving properties, if you will, of milk chocolate defined as containing under 20% cacao. That's not how you say that, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> Given the recent rise of the dark chocolate agenda, here and after referred to as Big Dark, the milky alternative has been given a bad, slanderous reputation as the cheap, poor quality option. The good stuff diluted with powdered milk, not unlike cheap cocaine. But for anyone with a real sweet tooth, milk chocolate satisfies this craving like no other. Despite its ubiquity, I think milk chocolate is now the underdog, and I'm here to stand up for it. I may not have the sports analogy 
apologies at my fingertips, my esteemed colleague. I might not have the depth of actors and their performances and metaphors at my fingertips, but I bring heart. So please, allow me to start with Milk for Chocolate's trademark, the way it melts in your mouth, what gourmands refer to as mouthfeel. Milk proteins in the chocolate add a velvety creaminess, and the butterfat softens the cocoa butter, giving it a smooth, even melt. And milk chocolate has a much more complex flavor profile than most, including my esteemed colleague, give it credit for, with traces of decadent caramel and traces of toffee, and also malty deliciousness. It's so good that people will eat all sorts of items enrobed in milk chocolate, including crickets, grasshoppers, and worms. And, you know, it's also the relative newcomer on the block when it comes to chocolate. So it represents the wave of the future, the cutting edge, better living through chemistry. It was invented 150 years ago when Henri Nestle figured out how to make powdered milk, and another Swiss chocolatier mixed it with dark chocolate to create the first milk chocolate in the world. And finally, it's generally cheaper due to the fact there's less cacao. Why can't I say that word? <laughs> cacao, just go with that, used. Leaving you with more money left in your pocket to purchase even more chocolate. And I'd like to reuse whatever remaining time I have to do a dramatic roll call of my favorite milk chocolate bars. Crunch, Kit Kats, <laughs> Toblerone, Twix, Milky Way, Snickers, and I'll see the rest of my time. Thank you. Jordan, resting his case, Toblerone makes an appearance. <laughs> milk chocolate. Milk chocolate, the, the chocolate of the future, the progressive chocolate, the, the, the one that goes with everything. The, listen, I mean, we may have to eat crickets at some point <laughs> in our, like, we may have to. The world may have to use the protein found in ground-up crickets. And how are we going to do that without coating them in, in, in milk chocolate? What an incredible agree. point that is. I mean, science coming to play. Oh, there's notes of caramel and toffee, probably because there's lots of sugar in milk chocolate. <laughs> It's probably where those notes come from. Both amazing and, let's be honest, butterfat is a great thing to say. <laughs> there's a, there's a mouthfeel for I mean, it's, I, we're talking about melting point and mouthfeel, but my mouth feels good saying melting point and butterfat. Two great cases. Here we go. Two minutes of rebuttal time. And we are, well, we have a fact coming in. And it is true that dark chocolate may also improve the function of your brain. So we Googled this. Speaking amazing function of the brain, uh, both of you with great first rounds. Alex, you're up for a rebuttal. You got two minutes to let Jordan know why milk chocolate sucks. Your time <laughs> starts now. I mean, Jordan, I, I appreciate everything you're saying, but you're coming from a place of fundamental wrongness. I think your straw man argument is that you're painting milk chocolate as an underdog. In what world do you live in where that's actually true? I don't understand where this, this notion of, I mean, you take something like butter fat and you combine it with sugar. How is that an underdog? I, that doesn't make any sense to me. I, you know, and frankly, it's a bad faith argument. And I'm upset that you even brought this into our, our friendship. But, uh, you know, I also argue for the I, I don't think you even address my point, which is that uh, dark chocolate is ultimately the more versatile of the two. Again, you don't and you don't know this because I think you only cook like chicken breasts to feed yourself. But it's getting you personal. Can, 
have you ever have you ever tasted a perfectly done mole sauce? Have you had something that involves the actual taste profile of the older, more established, more primal and sacred Aztec dark profile of dark chocolate? Have you? I don't think you have. Because you wouldn't then have the palate of a small child crying incessantly for sweets and milk fats and droning on and on about mouthfeel. I'm sorry, you wouldn't. I, I feel like you're arguing from a complete pace of, uh, of bad faith and fake news. And, I, you know, frankly, I'm, I'm going to walk off this debate stage. I mean, I, mean I, I don't... I'm insulted. I, I yield my time. Yielding the two seconds that we left... <laughs> I, I don't know, Crystal. We have to go back in the archives here. I don't know if we've had a rebuttal that was so personal. <laughs> you know, he really caught me off 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 guard. So I had to. When he goes high, I go low. Uh, Jordan, uh, just before as we go forward, this, the, the court just wants to acknowledge that there's nothing wrong with simple chicken breast cooked. At Thank home. you. Thank you very much. I think it's again. It, I, I'd like to have any time that he seated, and also the time that I seated to, for my rebuttal. I'd like to to really double down on my rebuttal time now in the wake of these slanderous personal this court will not allow any more time but this court will allow you to go as hard as you'd like for the next two minutes and your rebuttal time jordan starts now dark chocolate lovers like my esteemed colleague here love to tout the alleged health benefits to which i say if you want to be healthy eat a damn apple that's like choosing vodka over whiskey because it has lower calories embrace your questionable decision you cowards and also mars incorporated over the last 50 years has sponsored a hundred studies looking at the benefits of chocolate dark chocolate and surprise 98 percent of those had positive outcomes because they're funding them something's fishy when i want a sweet treat i do not reach for dark chocolate for the same reason that I don't reach for a piece of chalk or a miniature bar of hotel soap because it's bitter, dry, dusty, crumbly, and largely inedible. It's both an abomination of taste and mouthfeel. Sure, dark chocolate's more natural, but you know what else is natural? Malaria, rocks, tornadoes. I don't need a reminder that my candy is from nature. In fact, the more unnatural, the better. In my opinion, the only way milk chocolate could be improved is if it more closely resembled the unholy neon rainbow of a funfetti cake. Milk chocolate is fun. Dark chocolate is for adults. It's the chocolate that says my Peloton is exacerbating my lower back problems. It's the chocolate that says I'm aware of Billie Eilish, but I'm unable to name any of his songs. It's the chocolate that's the character. It's the chocolate that the character Andy no doubt ate at the end of Toy Story 3 after dropping off his donation box. No spoilers, but you know what I'm talking about. Dark chocolate is the sophisticated thing that we all feel pressure to like, but at its heart, we all know it's joyless. We all there are many who say that dark chocolate's an aphrodisiac, but as as the Jay Giles band so eloquently put it, love stinks. So that's another strike against dark chocolate. And you know, the highfalutin culture around dark chocolate is the candy culinary equivalent of wine snobbery. Sure, it's a little bitter, but it's so complex. And the salt really offers like such an interesting nuance to the flavor. To which I say, if I wanted bitter, complex, and salty, I'd call my friend and co-host Alex Heigl. Oh, wow. I'm you're 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 virtual, but I'm gonna let that mic cool off a little bit. <laughs> oh, I miss my I, my kicker. I didn't get to my kicker. Damn. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. Listen. The good thing is that you'll have final words right after this break. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos, and I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. 
every week we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, everyone, we are back, and I have had a chance to think about my verdict. This one, I'll be honest with you, is very, very tight. It could go either way. Before I deliver my verdict, Jordan, you were very animated that you had something else to say. What would you like this court to hear? Yeah, I just want to respond to my colleagues' accusations that I have an underdeveloped, undersophisticated palate. <laughs> well, I don't want to have to go through training to enjoy my candy. And, you know, while researching this episode, I've come across countless articles called How to Eat Dark Chocolate. I don't want a how-to guide for dessert. And also, I'd like to add that these names of these dark chocolate bars are weirdly sexual. Things like Ghirardelli Dark Chocolate Intense Dark Midnight Reverie. That's a real chocolate name. And now, if there's one thing I know a lot about, it's compensation. And this name sounds like it's compensating for something, and that something is terrible taste. The best thing I can say about dark chocolate is that it isn't white chocolate. <laughs> okay. Setting us up for another debate down the road with white chocolate. All right, Alex, Jordan, uh, like, vis- I can see he's really, this is an emotional, this is an emotional <laughs> plea here. Alex, what, what, what are your final words? I see his vein throbbing up. <laughs> 
you know, Jordan, I want to speak to your point that dark chocolate <laughs> is for adults and that it's a bad thing. You can live in this perpetual extended adolescence with your candy colored shirts and these so-called beach boys, but you can't fight City Hall. Time only goes in one direction. You have to grow up at some point. Uh, you have to put away, you know, you want to go really personal and bring up Toy Story 3. At some point, you have to put that donation <laughs> box out. I know we like to live in this protracted, extended childhood in America of this infantilizing culture, but that's not how the world works. And at some point, to be a fully contributing, functioning member of society and a fully self-actualized human, you have to embrace that. And on the other side of that, yes, slightly bitter pill is dark chocolate. I yield my time. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna need a bailiff. Uh, are we going too dark with this? I hope no, no one knows. We're no, kidding. you're going about. You're going. I mean, honestly, this wait. is the full the full send here. You're going. You're kidding. Yeah, wait. Order in the court. I mean, this is bring bring it together, guys. Bring it together. I know this is a serious topic. It is come to this court's attention that the two of you do have to work together again very shortly. I do want to remind everyone that although this is a very serious topic, this is not life or death. And I, and I hope that both of you will be able to um, you know, get along and also um, invite me on one of your uh, podcasts in the future. Oh, anytime. Because you know, someone's feelings might get hurt a little bit here. Both making the case that whether it's dark or milk chocolate, that they're both the underdog, right? They both have benefits. It's, it's do you want to be popular or do you want to be interesting? Do you want to be fun or do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be just sweet or do you want to be something that works with savory? And after factoring all of this in, I have to say that this court was ultimately persuaded by one specific argument It came in the rebuttal. This court will order in favor of milk chocolate. I am very pleased with the court's decision. A little surprised, to be honest, but I am I'm absolutely delighted. What was the point? The impassioned rebuttal. The, the impassioned rebuttal. Although Alex had it, I wrote it down when when Mole came into yeah, the game. That was my secret weapon. I thought it was over. That was over. my secret weapon. It was it was no. a secret weapon. I was like, it's dark chocolate, but your impassioned rebuttal. I mean, even though at one point when you're like, who wants to eat? I I do actually every once in a while want to bite hotel soap. I don't know why. <laughs> But that really that connected with me, and then the 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 Billie Eilish that was that was just that's just that was it that was I mean it was just too much, and I could see the passion coming through, and you know what, Alex, I'm sorry to say this, I do want to be popular, Alex, but I also want to be interesting and healthy. Such a tough decision, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being a part of the food court. Thanks for listening to Food Court. I'm Richard Blaze, and I've been your judge. You can find Too Much Information podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find Jordan on Instagram at Jordan Runtog and his new podcast, Too Much Information, that drops new episodes every week. Tune in to get so much information, you won't believe it. And you can find Alexander at Alex underscore Heigl on Twitter. And anything else you want to plug there, Alex or Jordan? I'm taking this all the way up to the next, the highest court in the land. <sighs> yes. appeal it. Oh, which... Yeah, and listen, it might happen. I could be getting replaced for next season. We don't know. This, there could be a higher court stepping in. That's something that possibly could happen. Listen, audience, what do you think? I know half of you at least think that I got that one totally wrong, at least all of you in the Bay Area. <laughs> 
And then listen, do you like chocolate? Chances are you do. Let us know on the Food Court Pod Instagram or at Richard Blaze across social media. Food Court's a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Richard Blaze. My producer is Crystal Babahi. Food Court was created by Christopher Hasiotis. The rest of my Food Court clerks are Jonathan Dressler, David Wasserman, and Jasmine Blaze. The theme song, which is amazing, is by Jason Neesmith. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Oh, so much fun. Thank you for having us. Lying liars say that like candy corn. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.